It was some years ago, this old guy up in Darwin told me this story. It was back, back during the 70s, I think it was. He was driving with his family from Alice Springs to Darwin. This was back when the highway was just a dirt road through the desert. And they're about 50 k's south of Tennant Creek. Middle of summer, temperature is getting up close to 50 degrees, and the car started overheating. So he pulled over to check what the problem was, and the engine was virtually empty of oil. There was nothing left at all. And so he's clearly got a problem because there's very little traffic. He'd be waiting hours for the next car to come past. Definitely not able to walk to the next town, maybe at night time if he had a chance. The, the way that he tells the story, you get the impression that the relationships were overheating a little bit as well. It was his wife and his kids and his mother-in-law and he wanted to be nowhere near any of that. So there was this old metal drum on the side of the road, all covered in red dust. So he went and sat on top of that, just trying to work out how he was going to get out of this situation. Thinking through every possible scenario, every solution, and gradually sliding closer to despair as he realised they were stuck. There was no way they were going to get out of there. And really kind of at that point where he was just about to give up, he just got struck by this curiosity of what was he actually sitting on? And so he got up and started to wipe away all this red dirt that was all over this drum and found a label. And it was 100 litres of engine oil. So he opened it up, put a rag inside, it was full. Clean, pure engine oil. And so within minutes, the car was full and they were on their way. I remember when he told me that story, the first thing I said to him was, can I steal that story? Because I think that it's probably one of the best explanations of the situation we're in. There is a serious problem and all of us are stuck, but we're actually sitting on the solution. And when you look at the readings today, I think this explains it perfectly. Because the first reading and the gospel are about leprosy. Now, leprosy is a serious problem. We don't, we don't quite have it around in the Western world, at least these days. They, they found a cure for it back in the 50s, I think it was. But leprosy is a horrendous disease. Like It, it kind of creeps up on you. It takes a long time to even start to develop within your body. It can take about 20 years before the bacteria starts to form. But very gradually it starts to take away your feeling and it numbs you. And, and it's the numbing which then does the damage because, because you can't feel, you then end up hurting yourself. And gradually that's where the damage is done to your body. You know, terrifying disease back in the early world, which is why they were prepared to just cast people out of the towns because they didn't know where it came from, they didn't know how it spread, anything of that. Our, our modern world has cured Hansen's disease, is what it's called. We've, we've cured leprosy, well, leprosy of the body. But what we've now got is leprosy of the soul. You know, our modern world is in a situation where we are desperately trying to get feeling. And at the same time, we've lost feeling. You know, we, we live in the most hyper-stimulated world ever, like more than any generation of any, any time in humanity. Like I think even if you were to take someone from 50 years ago and plant them in our modern world, they would probably collapse from overstimulation. 
And yet we're craving more. We just want more and more. You know, more noise, more technology, more speed, more pace, more stuff. You know, our computer takes two seconds to work out something and we get angry because it's too slow. But there's something really kind of disturbing at the heart of this is that we're actually losing the ability to feel. And I think particularly in relationships, this is where it's the most deadly. I think really as a society, we're losing the ability to love. You know, it's relationships become very superficial and, and really very, very self-focused. You know, people are looking for feeling. This is why there is this worldwide epidemic of pornography. Because you've got people just looking to feel something. Like, I need to feel stimulated. I need to feel loved. And if a real human being doesn't do that for me, then I need something else. You know, this is why we've got such problems with addiction. And I'd say even, you know, when we get down to issues of mental illness, you know, I think you're going to find that a lot of this is all tapped into this issue of relationship. That we're all looking for something and not finding it, and it's driving us crazy. And even for us as Christians, you know, Christians are meant to be the love in the heart of the world. You know, they always kind of, we always use that, use that phrase, you know, they'll know that we are Christians by our love. But I kind of think even for us, there's this temptation that we are becoming numb. That our love is starting to become very functional. You know, we, we actually find it hard to feel moved deeply for people these days. I think, I think this is a really universal problem. You know, our, our hearts have become numb. Like, like this is leprosy of the soul. This is the problem we find ourselves in. You know, this is where we find ourselves sitting on the side of the road, stuck, and having no idea how to get out of the situation. The thing that strikes me is, first reading a gospel, I'm talking about leprosy, but what's in the middle is the solution. What we heard in the psalm in the second reading. And once again, we're sitting on top of the solution. We don't even realize it. I don't know whether you even noticed what we were saying there in the psalm or what St. Paul was proclaiming there in the, gospel, in the second reading. Basically what he's saying is worship. Worship. Worship God for everything. Worship God for every small, insignificant little thing. Every moment when you would normally walk away feeling bored, worship God and praise Him for it. Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do at all, do it for the glory of God. Sounds like nothing, doesn't it? You're kind of sitting there thinking, is that the solution to the leprosy of the world? Is that what's going to solve all the addiction and all the problems and all the relationship breakdowns? I want to say yes. We need to rediscover what this means. See, because you were created for worship. That, that's what a human being is. In the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were created to worship. That everything they looked at would be a reflection of God's love to them. You know, when they looked at a tree, they would see God. And they would just say, God, thank you for that tree. You know, when they looked at each other, they would see God. And they would worship. That's what it was meant to be. What it became after sin was that they couldn't see anything except for their own hunger. 
They could not see anything except for the emptiness inside of themselves. And that's where it all went bad. And they started fighting and manipulating and being envious. And that's where selfishness just destroyed everything. That's been the history of the world ever since. Every moment of every day, we are sitting here saying, what about me? What's in this for me? Even now, as we come to church, we're sitting here thinking, what's, this, what's in this for me? Come on, make, make the homily funny. Tell a joke. Come on, entertain me. That's, that's the human heart. That's where we are. But really, what the grace of the Holy Spirit is, is trying to bring us back to something of what it was meant to be in the beginning. In fact, I think the Spirit's meant to bring us back to something greater than it was meant to be in the beginning. But the Spirit of God is meant to give us this grace of worship to go out of ourselves and to actually start to see God again. To be able to see God in every small, insignificant little thing. And to praise and to worship and to realize that it's not about us. Now, I want to suggest that you don't just believe me on this. I want you to actually go home and do an experiment this week. Okay, you, you know what it feels like living normally. You know what it's like just living for yourself. And there's always that background gnawing emptiness inside of you. I want more. I need more. I'm not happy yet. There has to be something else. I want you to do an experiment on your own heart this week. I want you to try and praise God for some of the most insignificant little things and just see what it feels like. You know, so tomorrow night when you're sitting down at dinner, I want you to get a pea on the end of your fork. And I want you to just sit there and look at that pea and just praise God for it. But actually, seriously, like, like stop and marvel at the wonder of that creation. You know, how many billions of years did God spend trying to create that soil for that seed to then pl be planted in? And how many months of sunshine and rain did he pour out upon that so that you could put on the end of your fork and inhale it within 0.3 of a second. He's trying to communicate something. He's trying to say something about what he feels for you. He's trying to love you through it. Let yourself be loved and thank him for it. Praise him for it. But I want to I mean, start with the small and significant things, but then start moving on to some things that are actually worthwhile. You know, look at your husband or your wife. Look at your children. And then just start praising God for every small little thing, particularly the things that annoy you. You know, the little things that just aggravate you. Just say, God, thank you that they've got a voice, which means that they can criticize me with. I want to praise you for the marvel that they are. See what happens. You know, every moment you find yourself just thinking, my life is useless, I'm bored, there must be something else, I hate my job, I wish I was somewhere on the coast having a holiday. Start praising God for what you've got. Start praising Him and glorifying Him for every little thing. Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do at all, glorify God for it. What I want to suggest is that very gradually you're going to start to find feeling coming back to your soul. It's going to start with gratitude, but then very, very slowly it's going to move into real love. You know, we are, we are made for worship. And yet it's the hardest thing in the world to do. You know, because we're finding ourselves in a situation where we are so stuck, we simply cannot do this ourselves. 
So this is why God sent the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit's meant to do in us. It's meant to bring us back to life by bringing us back to worship. So this is the key part of the experiment you've got to do this week. You need to start every day by praying to the Holy Spirit to give you a heart of praise. Now you're going to forget this within five minutes of walking out of this church. So I'd suggest you write it down. Pull your phone out and make a note for yourself. Set an alarm for five o'clock tomorrow morning to wake you up and remind you, pray for the Holy Spirit. Pray for the Spirit of praise. You can only learn the truth of this by doing it. And then the journey begins. You know, it's when you realize that actually there's something in this, that actually I can start to breathe life back into my relationships through worship and through praise. I can start to overcome this leprosy of the Spirit. That's where the journey of discipleship, the journey of holiness really begins. Because then it's just a matter of every day, do the same thing. Keep doing it till it becomes a habit. Keep doing it until you don't want to do anything else except praise God. So let's pray for the Holy Spirit right now. You know, as we come into this Eucharist, God's basically coming into our hearts. The same Christ who healed the leper here comes into our, into our souls right now to heal us of this leprosy, to turn us inside out again. So we can start to realize that this thing we're looking for, this desperate feeling we're looking for, we're actually sitting on it. Quite literally, when we receive Christ in the Eucharist, it is inside of us. That's where the answer lies. <coughs>